With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. Several shots were fired as President Kennedy's motorcade passed through downtown Dallas. None of us will ever forget this day. Yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good. Just in our world. This is just a thing, please. Are you coming out of bounds? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do to God. I have a dream. My poor little children one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Welcome to the Hagman Daily Show, weekdays 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And now your hosts, Joe Hagman and John Robertson. Hello and welcome to this July 6, 2018 edition of the Hagman Report. Today is Friday and we have a great show lined up for you today. John is in transit. He's got a family reunion he's attending in Denver and he is actually on his way there now. So it's going to be another show with me solo, except I'm going to be joined by Peter Chalka. He's going to be joining me for the whole show and we're going to talk about a number of things all uh, pertaining to uh, current events and what we see happening in this country and in the world today. Excuse me. First of all, I want to thank everybody who who listens to this show, who uh, who sends emails and feedback and who uh, uh, supports our show. If you can, there is a PayPal donation button in the blog talk description, and that address is paypal.me backslash Joe Hagman. If you can support the show, we really do appreciate it. Every little bit helps, and uh, it goes a long way. So thank you very much for that. Let's start here. And then I'm going to I'm going to bring Peter on uh, uh, right off the bat here. But President Trump, he made an interesting remark about the 2018 midterm elections. And it is very true when we see the you know state of the Democratic Party. And we talk about this uh, so much anymore about how the, the party has no leader leadership, how the party is in shambles. It has no message. Uh, all it has is the. Uh, hatred for President Trump, hatred for what President Trump and who President Trump represents, his supporters. He has, they, they have the hatred of free speech. They have hatred of all things moral and indecency. And in the uh, article I'm going to go over here, bizpackreview.com, uh, uh, business and politics, Trump says, a vote for Democrats is a vote for anarchy, amnesty, and chaos. President Trump asserted on Thursday that a vote in November for Democrats is a vote for anarchy, amnesty, and chaos. And he goes on to say, a vote it would, to let Democrats win in November would be to vote to let MS-13 run wild in our communities, to let drugs pour into our cities, and to make jobs and benefits, take jobs and benefits away from hardworking Americans. Trump wrote in a tweet following a speech in Montana where the Republican was campaigning against Democratic Senator John Tester. Democrats want anarchy, amnesty, and chaos. Republicans want law and order and justice, Trump continued in his next tweet. But we'll go over uh, this and, and much more. Uh, there is a lot going on uh, all across the, the spectrum of the news world, and we're going to get into all of that. Peter Chowka is with us. Peter, it's great to have you back on The Daily Show. Oh, thank you, Joe. It's great to be with you this afternoon. Absolutely. And there is... Um, we had John Hagman report show last night, and there was uh, plenty that we, we got into and talked about. And I guess let's start here with what I just read, uh, you know, Trump talking about the 2018 midterm elections and talking about a vote for a Democratic candidate is a vote for anarchy, is a vote for chaos, is a vote uh, for uh, 
craziness basically perversion and we've seen how far these people have have pushed they've already said if they win the house of representatives they're going to impeach president trump they don't care what the reason is they don't care why they already said that they're going to do it so we see that's what they want to do and that's why they want to regain power in the house and this is why the president is saying you're going to get chaos amnesty and uh anarchy if you allow the democrats to win is it that partisan peter is it really about, you know, Democrat Republicans? We have to vote Republicans to save Trump's agenda? Oh, absolutely, without question. You know, Joe, when I do my weekly appearances on the flagship show, the Evening Hagman Report, uh, it seems to me like we've been talking and discussing for going on at least several months now how the outlook for this November's election is critical. I mean, not that we are carrying water for the Republican Party, I certainly am not. But when you look at the choices that are going to be ahead of us in November, uh, if you vote Democrat, just as President Trump indicated now, and I'm happy to see that he's gone on the record, that uh, voting Democrat in November is a vote for chaos, anarchy, and socialism. I mean, uh, the chairman of the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, Tom Perez, on the record a day or two ago, said when asked that the future of the Democrat Party is uh, this this uh, woman in New York, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, I just, I kind of abbreviate her name, O.C. She won the primary there a week ago against a long-term 20-year veteran Democrat, more of a moderate than she is, certainly Joe Crowley, and this woman, Ms. O.C., is an out-and-out socialist. She's a member of the Democrat Socialists of America. She wants to end the ICE agency. She wants to um, apparently uh, throw in her all with the DSA and put an end to prisons. She wants open borders. And she has said she will vote for the impeachment of President Trump. And here the head of the Democratic National Committee identifies her as the future of the party. It, it couldn't yeah. be any clearer right now what is going on with the Democrats. They're going full bore socialist anarchy. It's it's frightening. It, it is. And, you know, these grandiose ideas of, oh, no prisons, no borders, free jobs and housing for, for everyone. And, you know, just because uh, she came out of nowhere, really. Nobody knows who she is. She's a, a self-admitted socialist. But see, this is how desperate the Democratic Party is right now. She has only won a primary in a small district in New York uh, City. And now, uh, just from that primary win, they want to hoist her up to be the leader of the Democratic Party and be the next president. It's just so ridiculous. And middle America, nobody's going to go for that. And they know it. But they're just throwing stuff on the wall to see what sticks and you know we see this uh headline today peter that jobless numbers uh are looking good and i don't trust the unemployment numbers but it says this uh, democrats blast booming jobs report trump worker agenda is reckless uh, democrats saw nothing positive in the new june job reports that highlighted 213,000 new jobs added instead the democratic party issued a statement criticizing president trump's job agenda as reckless and again this is just a number another example in a long list of examples of trump successes that are uh good for america that the democrats despise despite the fact that they're good for america and the american citizens and if this is going to be the sentiment of the mainstream democratic party then unfortunately uh, the lesser of two evils is a republican whether they're a, a rhino or a neocon it's better than a socialist communist, I guess, uh, for right now, is it not? Oh, absolutely. And I agree with you, Joe, that where the Democrats are going, actually where they are right now, uh, full-bore socialism and even worse, actually, I would say communism. Yes, this is not uh, saleable to, the, to most of the American people. But my concern is that the truth about what the Democrats represent now is not going to get through to the American people because the mainstream news media, which most people rely on ultimately for their view on politics in the world, they are uh, spinning what the Democrats are into. They're suppressing many stories, and then the ones they highlight 24-7 – 
are just attacks on President Trump and what he's doing. So despite the uh, appearances of a booming economy, every indication since President Trump was elected and took office, every indication is that the economy is doing so much better than under Barack Hussein Obama. And of course, many other things have taken a positive turn, whether you look at foreign affairs or the uh, cutting of unnecessary regulations, which were a burden on the yeah, economy, the ending of the Obamacare mandate tax on, I think, six million Americans who didn't want to go down that socialist route. And yet uh, the polls pretty much all suggest, and, and this is the, a range of the polls, not simply left-wing polls, but even when um, some of the more right-wing polling firms get involved, they say that President Trump, although he's rising slowly in approval, he still can't crack 50%. And uh, it, it's an uphill battle because we're not getting the truth. It's just a bunch of lies. And, and in contrast, Barack Hussein Obama, uh, we didn't get the truth about him when he also came out of nowhere, pretty much 2006 through 2008. Uh, close scrutiny was not applied to his campaign. I mean, we still don't know the background of this man to this point. He's been a leading figure in national politics and the president of the United States going back 10 years and we still don't know what his background is for sure. So he he escaped scrutiny. And then his his regime for eight years got nothing but uh, puff coverage from the mainstream media. And he was able to sell his bankrupt ideas, his corrupt ideas, in many cases, his dictatorial ideas. And he had pretty high approval ratings. And he is still supposedly beloved by a majority of the American people. And, and I mean, that's hard to understand unless you see that we're in a deep state propaganda matrix now. And it really is a challenge to find the truth, even for those of us who spend almost every waking hour looking for it. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the poll numbers having a hard time cracking 50 percent. You know, we saw the the, the flaws of polling uh, with ma mainstream media and, and political polls all, all across the country during the 2016 election. I mean, all the examples of Hillary Clinton has a 100% chance to win the election. Uh, mm -hmm. all, you know, hundreds of polls, polls like that. So do you trust that it's it's really below 50%? Because I, if I had to guess, I'd say he's probably got a 65% approval rating. Well, I, I sure hope you're right. I mean, really, we have no way of knowing. You know, this is another area of complexity and uh, deep state spin. And you're right, in 2008, I'm sorry, in 2016, the polls were all wrong, almost universally about who was going to win that election, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Thank God Donald Trump run, won. So I do have a, a feeling that he's actually doing better than the polls suggest. But, you know, in, in recent uh, days, Joe, I, I, in addition to trying to cover all the breaking news and, and keep up with that, I've been not exactly looking to make predictions, but, you know, often people are asking us, they say, well, what do you think is going to happen with the Mueller investigation or the efforts to impeach President Trump? And really, I have to say, God only knows. But I have been looking at uh, some things that are kind of bubbling below the uh, mass awareness here. And they point to, again, directions that the left and the Democrat Party are going in. One of them I wanted to mention is a UBI. That's an acronym for Universal Basic Income. And this is another crazy socialist or even communist scheme which says that every single warm body living in the United States should get a guaranteed annual income, a check from the federal government or from a state government amounting to in the neighborhood of $12,000 a year per person just for being alive in the United States and breathing and having a pulse, whether you're working or not, you will get this basic stipend. And, and the Democrat Party in California, which, of course, is off the rails, they're so far left, this UBI proposal is actually part of their state party platform now. And it's being tested on a relatively small group of people in Stockton, California. They're being given this annual income and there's going to be an evaluation of how they are doing 
as a result in an end in a supposed move to end poverty. Then there was another uh, spin that came out this week from a writer for Vox, V-O-X, a left-wing publication where you can often pick up trends of where the left is going. And this character wrote an article claiming that we would be better, had been better off if the American Revolution never happened and if we had stayed a colony of England. And his reasoning behind this was that Slavery would have ended sooner in America, uh, the United States, even if it hadn't become the United States, if it remained a colony, because England ended slavery in the UK, in the British Isles, and in the British Empire uh, several decades before it was ended here, thanks to our Civil War. Uh, there have been some other crazy things being floated. There's there's a left-wing publication called uh let me see what it is here if i can find this in my open window um yeah i'm not finding it at the moment i will in in a second but this character wrote an article on june 26th claiming that we ain't seen nothing yet in in terms of the uh oh here it is It's, it's it's a publication called um splinter And this individual named Hamilton Nolan wrote this crazy article in which – let me just quote just a couple of lines from it. He pointed out the the obnoxious actions that are being visited on members of the Trump administration like uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Kirsten Nielsen and others when they are accosted and harassed in restaurant restaurant settings or being refused service. And he said – This is what happens when citizens decide en masse that their political system is corrupt, racist, and unresponsive. And he pointed to the early 1970s when there were actually thousands of domestic bombings per year by radical communist groups like the Weather Underground. And he predicts that this is going to happen again. And he said again, quote, when you aggressively F with people's lives, you should not be surprised when they decide to F with yours, end quote. And he went on and on. But, you know, even though this guy is is on the fringe, tomorrow we will see probably Democrat politicians <laughs> endorsing what this lunatic, uh, in my opinion, has said in print. It's, it's just incredible, the direction. You know, it's like they, the left and the Democrats have now been outed once and for all by President Trump. They are so unhinged. Yeah by the fact that President Trump is our president, that they are really revealing themselves finally and totally about what they truly believe and their prescription for America. And it's frightening. And we really need to be aware of it, which is why we have to, unfortunately, pay attention to what these fringe people are saying. And many of them actually Democrat politicians. Yeah, because uh, if they get in power, they're going to they're gonna implement this stuff. There is no question about it. So we really have to be aware and uh, locked and loaded, so to speak, for the November election and how we're going to vote. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And I'm going to come back to a piece on Town Hall that talks about the uh, Democrats' party suicide. But, you know, this reminds me of the Hillary Clinton email and Podesta email release that we saw in the run-up to the 2016 presidential campaign. One thing that was missing out of all the Hillary Clinton and John Podesta and other emails, there was not one email that I found in there that talked about any uh, anything, any ideas, any policies, anything to help any American person, people or group of people outside of enriching their own selves and helping their friends and their pay to play. I mean, there was there was nothing in those emails that says, well, you know, we can campaign on this idea and, and help unions or they didn't care about anybody but themselves. And Town Hall has a great article up. Uh, Socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Party's obituary. And in it, it talks about how the left tends to cannibalize its 
itself when the younger generation demands socialist outcomes at a faster rate. Instead of heeding the past and ignoring these demands, the leadership and doubles down on the self-defeating insanity. And it goes on to talk about the cycle of left-wing partisan and uh, how it's similar to the French Revolution, where they it was a self-destructed political movement with liberal reformers establishing a, a, a fearer, uh, you know, this, this uh, craze, this unhinging that we're seeing that turns into this dangerous arrogance and it grows into uh, basically they wipe themselves out in in uh, mass genocide uh, either through ideas or actually physically uh, killing each other but the democratic party is void of any ideas of any anything that has anything to do with anything good they only stand for perversion perversion for children uh, and for you know the illegal immigration and globalism they they stand for nothing uh, for the American people. And the fact that they even have 10%, 20% of the American people uh, buying into that agenda is very frightening. And it tells me that, uh, you know, unless these generations smarten up, we are on, uh, you know, a very fast uh, way to self-destruction as a country, as a whole, for sure. Joe, I agree with everything you just said. And, uh, it's really important that we pay attention to it. And I think that, uh, well, you know, it's back, back in uh, February of 2009, Newsweek magazine had a cover story that was titled, We Are All Socialists Now. And that came out about two weeks into President Obama's uh, first term. And it's taken a while, really, for that uh, prediction or that statement of reality to really come true. But we are in the thick of it now. And uh, I, I do agree that if the, the Democratic Party is is really digging its own grave here, but uh, the word has to get out. And one reason the word is not getting out, or even if it gets out, it's falling on deaf ears, is because so many of the people who live in this country now and who uh, unfortunately apparently vote, and I mean illegal aliens, because we know, and I wrote an article a number of months ago helping to break the story of how starting on April 1st, illegal aliens in the state of California who have state-approved driver's licenses, even though they are here illegally, they actually can vote. They're automatically registered to vote, and that's over one million illegal aliens right there. And, uh, you know, I did an article, uh, posted it at HagmanReport.com the day before July 4th, and I kind of got into this. I titled the article, Happy Independence Day, July 4th, 2018. Will it be the last one? It was kind of a sensational title I put on it, but I talked briefly about some of these crazy things that are going on, the Occupy ICE demonstrations that started in Portland, Oregon, and are, are definitely spreading nationwide now, and they're growing as we speak. And, of course, extremely, you couldn't be more radical than the groups that are doing these Occupy ICE demonstrations and what they are advocating. But then I also got into how is this really possible? Because what's giving fuel to the fire of the anti-ICE demonstrations is the move to not only legalize illegal aliens and make them all uh, citizens, voters, uh, ready for the welfare state, but it's the call of these people for no borders, no ICE, no Donald Trump, and no prisons. It's part of a much larger agenda that wants to decriminalize so many crimes because according to these leftists, the reason that uh, people in, of color are in, in jail, in prison disproportionately to their numbers, is because it's a racist system. I mean, that's flawed thinking at the very base of it. But again, what, what helps to make this possible is the immigration that's gone on in this country in the last 50 or 55 years, since I think 1965, about uh, 96% of it in recent years has been from countries that President Trump referred to as, allegedly referred to as S-hole countries. And that's not to wholesale put down any countries or peoples because of their situation or because of their race, ethnic background, or color, what it points to is that these tens of millions of people who have come here and now are here, many of them illegally, they're illegal aliens, they're breaking the law, but they are now comprising 
the potential voters and the potential supporters for these crazy socialist and communist ideas, which in my opinion would have never gotten close to this kind of foothold if we still had the demographics in this country, the the makeup of people here that we had 40 or 50 years ago. Now, we we know the uh, the writer and analyst and political uh, uh, operative Patrick J. Buchanan. He uh, he was basically fired from NBC, MSNBC, where he had a regular show there, because he came out with a book, which in which he had the courage to say some of these same things that demography is destiny. And while we have, in, we've had in essence, in effect, an open border for many years, the people who are coming in have really no understanding of, no history of, or very little in the kind of constitutional republic in this country. And, and they are ready to go on the dole. They're ready for welfare. They're ready to vote Democrat in the 80th or 90th percentile. And, uh, you know, this is kind of a hidden story that is so politically incorrect. It's like another third rail of politics, as they describe it, that when you even start to get into these statistics, you're called all kinds of names, including the R word. But again, just briefly, this article I wrote, uh, HagmanReport.com, and I really recommend it to our listeners if they can make their way to the website, HagmanReport.com, and on the right uh, there's my little area under my name, and this article is currently, as we speak, on July 6th. It's the top article on my list of four there, Happy Independence Day, July 4th, 2018. And I get into some of the statistics, which were actually published in the mainstream media in places like Newsweek, the Baltimore Sun, in recent times, uh, reporting on official U.S. government census figures on how uh, basically Caucasians of European extraction are being replaced uh, by these new people coming in. And, and it's not, again, it's not about race, it's not about ethnic background, but the fact is that these people coming in from these uh, very questionable countries, I would describe them as charitably, they are, uh, are, are these the right kind of people that we want to come here and add to our country in, 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 in an informed, understanding way? I mean, I, I've read articles recently how many of the, uh, you know, these so-called minor children who were separated from their parents reportedly at the border, and, you know, we don't even know the number, but it's several thousand, but when they are, are put into these situations where they're taken care of, by the federal government and, and well taken care of, they have to be taught how to use the toilet, a shower, how to brush their teeth. They are illiterate. Many of them are speaking dialects that aren't even Spanish. It, it's, you, you can't believe, and this is the tip of the iceberg, you can't believe that thousands, if not millions of people like this are flooding into their country. And I'm sorry that they have miserable conditions back home, but we have a country that's supposed to have borders to protect. And what about the American people, the citizens and the legal aliens who live here? And they are, we are having to give hundreds of billions of dollars a year to take care of these new illegal aliens who come in and can't take care of themselves. I mean, there is so much wrong with this picture Joe, you know, you hardly, you don't even know where to begin, really, is, but we make know, a try. We we have, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of homeless people in, in California alone. And, you know, the... Many of the 50, veterans, yeah, Joe, 50, many 000. of the veterans who have served their country living under freeway overpasses and with, you know, PTSD and mental problems deriving from their service. Uh, and, and we are not taking care of these people as you mentioned, you know, homeless people in the United States, many of them veterans. I mean, it's it's a national tragedy, if not a crime. And then look, we're taking care of these these people who've crashed into our through the border and are here illegally, and and they're getting, as Laura Ingram described it, the equivalent of a summer camp. 
Well, yeah, and you know, we see the what Michael Savage points out that I really do agree with the fact that uh, the whole idea of immigration and the attitude of immigrants has changed so much in the last hundred years. Where, where in in previous years, immig- immigrants would come here for a better life. They would become uh, part of society. They would get jobs. They helped build all the the infrastructure in, in the cities and the railways, and uh, you know came to work and to build better lives for themselves, understanding that they had equal opportunity. Today's uh, Im- immigration system is is built is changed and built on a system of welfare at the expense of the taxpayers on during a debt based economy when we're twenty trillion dollars in debt and i don't think people understand when this economy crashes and it will when america as it states in prophecy you know will be destroyed uh and all the merchants of the world will weep uh, at, at the sight of the destruction because no more will there be this nation to buy and consume all their goods they're going to care then but they don't understand apparently or care now enough uh you know to make the necessary changes to try to turn this ship around they're just going head first off the deep end you know further into this debt-based economy into even more debt and uh one thing I, i'm disappointed with president trump is he passed passed that omnibus uh budget that 1.3 1.5 or whatever trillion dollar bill that was put in front of him uh instead of doing a proper budget but if if uh one of the things i think he really needs to do for 2020 election the re-election is to put policies in place to reverse and and to to, to stabilize and uh, turn around the national debt. That's the that's the only way. I mean, he's accomplished so much, but unless he turns around the the debt crisis in this country, we're going to be worse off in the long run. So he needs to do that. And the Republican establishment, especially Peter, you know, we talk so much about the left and how crazy they are. But let's talk about the Republican establishment because they're not much better than the left. They have not offered any ideas or solutions to so many of these problems that they themselves have created. And instead, uh, we see the party is divided based on those who support President Trump versus those that hate him. And those that hate him were trying to do as much as the left is to get him, you know, impeached and thrown out and distance themselves from him. So the the Republican Party's having an identity crisis as well. And this midterm election might reshape that Republican Party. But we do need a new Republican Party because the the old establishment, the old guard, uh, is a warmongering, you know, fascist type uh, of mentality, and that has to go. Well, the old guard, uh, Republicans, rhinos, Republicans in name only and others, they were, uh, they are, they were, they are part of the deep state, the the permanent government. They're more interested, just like the Democrats are, in uh, feathering their own nests and in perpetuating their hold on power. I mean, when you look at many of the Republicans, leading Republicans, they have also been in office at the federal level for decades in many cases. I mean, once they get elected, uh, they they have a chance of a very good chance of being reelected in perpetuity and, and they never want to leave, which, of course, is a good argument for term limits. But w- when we look at some of the recent Republican leaders, you know, John Boehner, currently a Paul Ryan, who is announced that, of course, he's leaving. And then there was that uh, fellow who was a uh, defeated in the primary in 2010, whose name is currently escaping me, but, um, you know, he was booted out. He was, a you know, an up-and-coming leader of the party, and he lost in a primary to a more uh, Freedom Caucus-type Republican. And, and in fact, you're right. The Republican Party needs to be cleansed of these toxic deep state, shadow government, permanent, uh, you know, class of, of D.C. swamp dwellers, dwellers, and have some new blood brought in and also reinforce uh, the men and women who comprise the rather small Freedom Caucus in the House of Representatives now, Republicans who were elected, many of them with help from the Tea Party before that was uh, pretty pretty much squelched by Barack Hussein Obama. But there's some good people in the Congress. By the way, one of them right now, uh, Representative Jim Jordan of uh, Ohio, you may have read, he's under the gun because he's now being accused out of nowhere of having looked the other way when I guess he was a soccer coach before he became a politician. And, and some individual out there is claiming that he did not uh, take the appropriate steps to out 
some of the abuses that were going on by one of these uh, pedophiles. I don't know the exact story here, but that's percolating today. And in fact, I got a an announcement or an alert that on the Fox News uh, nightly news program at 6 p.m. Eastern with Brett Baer tonight, he will have an exclusive interview with Representative Jim Jordan, who uh, will be, I guess, going on the record to try to explain what's going on here. But Jordan, I've always been very impressed with. He's the member of Congress who never appears with a sport jacket. He always just wears a shirt and tie. I wonder if he owns a sport jacket. That's kind of his trademark. But he's been really on the trail of uh, these scandals from the Obama administration. But, you know, you and I, I think, would agree that the unraveling and the untangling of the scandals of the Obama administration have gone too slowly. We're not getting to the real core of it. And if we don't do that quickly, we may lose the chance. And also, uh, nobody yet has been held legally accountable for the obvious criminality that went on at least during the last several years of the Obama administration with the efforts to uh, completely suppress Donald Trump's candidacy and then to destroy his presidency. I mean, crimes were committed when those actions went forward. And we hear about them. We read about them as it's drip, drip, drip. We're learning more. But so far as I know, not one person has been uh, charged or indicted for anything that went on, including, of course, Hillary Rodham Clinton and her top advisors like Huma Abedin. Yeah, uh, and Hillary, there's no justice. We talk about this all the time, uh, the the lack of justice in this country and how the greatest political, I'd say, uh, scandal in American history, uh, one of the greatest scandals in American history is the cover-up of the, the Obama administration, DOJ, and FBI's cover-up of the Hillary Clinton email scandal, Pedogate as well, and also the attempted uh, conspiracy and coup against candidate and President Donald Trump. Nobody has faced any justice, even though there is, uh, uh, you know, you could fill rooms with the proof of this conspiracy. Uh, only a few people have lost their jobs. And this is so frustrating to watch. And, and we see this, uh, the distractions every time the G report comes out, they, you know, they started talking about these migrant children. Uh, and then, you know, when Strauch testifies and then Christopher Ray and Rosen, Rosenstein testified, they changed that narrative real quick, turning the newsroom shooting into a, uh, uh, trying to humiliate and, and, uh, disgrace president Trump by blaming him for it, even though it was a, a longstanding beef they had, the guy had with the newspaper dating back to 2011. It seems like every time that the, the news media just even covers it, even if they cover these things with, with their own bias, uh, the, that it's quickly swept under the rug and the narrative is changed by some other event or some other uh, 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 created manufactured crisis. And it is very uh, disappointing to see that we do not have this equal justice under the law. And that uh, that's one thing that the local elections are so important for folks. We need to organize at a local level. We cannot change this from the top down. It has to be from the bottom up. And President Trump can't do it alone. But Peter, what can we do as a people? Uh, how can we demand that these people are, are held accountable? The, the Hillary Clintons, the Peter Strauchs, the James Comeys. I mean, how do we get these people tried for treason? Do we have to go? Uh, do you have a million man march on, on Capitol Hill and, and bring the country to a halt and demand justice and, and, and nothing will change until we do that. I mean, how do we do this? Well, that's one idea that sounds good to me, but uh, you make a good point there, Joe. What can we do? I think what we're in the initial stages of what we can do to change this right now and what we're literally doing at this very moment. We are trying to bring the facts of the matter and the truth as we see it and report it to the attention of the American people. And uh, I'm confident, having worked with this program now and the Hagman Report website for just over a year and American Thinker for longer than that, that our message is getting out. I mean, we see polls now, speaking of polls, that a majority of the American people don't trust the media. So that's a bit of a breakthrough there because I would put the greatest blame for our mess that we find ourselves in right now, including the two-tier justice system and the inability to hold anybody in power accountable for their crimes or misdeeds, I would put the number one blame 
on the nation's mainstream news media. Yep. If you contrast what went down in the 1970s during the buildup to the Watergate scandal and the removal of President Richard Nixon from office. Right, I covered lines. that. In 1974, the difference then was that we had a, an aggressive and somewhat more balanced news media. Of course, Nixon was Republican and the media was happy to go after him. But even as recently as, as 1998, you know, I happened to see the other night, uh, this was surprising. I, I was tuning around. Uh, it was, I think, uh, Monday and Tuesday night. CNN was doing some counter-programming. So I think Don Lemon had the night off. And instead, CNN re-ran on two nights in a row, two-hour segments from their ongoing series based on a decade. And they're, they're premiering a new one, in fact, uh, in two nights on Sunday on the decade of the, the first decade of the century, the 2000s. But on Monday and Tuesday, they re-ran two very interesting uh, two-hour segments of earlier programs. One was on the 1980s and then the 1990s. And they basically were on television, the news media, and politics. And what I found most interesting, well, first, these were somewhat more balanced programs than you usually get from CNN. But what I loved about each of them, a total of four hours spanning two nights, was the, uh, the, the film and video clips, the real look into what was going on back in the 80s and the 90s. So you had probably thousands of of clips, you know, short usually, but illustrating all kinds of things. And you got to see a clip of Maxine Waters, what she looked like 23 years ago when she was ranting then, or that's just one example. But what I took a special note of, and I was reminded of this too in the seven-part series that Fox News did earlier this year on the uh, Clinton scandals, an amazing series, which also used a lot of archival clips. But in the CNN program on 1998, it had all the clips of uh, the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. And, of course, the mainstream media helped to propel that story and led to the Congress, uh, you know, public opinion, pushed the Congress into uh, 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 in, uh, uh, voting articles of impeachment against Right. Uh, President Clinton. And, and he was tried in the U.S. Senate and found uh, not guilty. And, you know, I don't want to refight that battle all over again. But, no, but the point, the point the here is that the media was not as in the totally in the tank for the left, the Democrats, the socialists and even the communists as yep. they are now. I mean, you I remember that first week so clearly in January of 1998 when Matt Drudge broke the story that Newsweek was trying to cover up, and then it was off to the races. It was like, can Clinton survive? The mainstream media was actually asking those kinds of questions and pushing the story and coming out with new revelations, new news, new breakthroughs. And that, that was 20 years ago. And of course, starting with the advent of Barack Hussein Obama, in 2007 and 2008, the mainstream media started on its uh, long march towards what we've got yeah. now, which is the worst propaganda en masse in the history of the United States of America, without question. And, and, and as the yeah, founders the said, propaganda. back in the day, the founders said that, uh, I forget the exact quote, but one of them said, you know, I would rather have a free press than uh, something else. I forget what the comparison was, but they understood and therefore they put in place the First Amendment to the Constitution that we have to have a free press. But do we really? Well, we have a free press now to the extent that we can get on the Internet and in alternative sources. But of course, we are they're being suppressed, shadow banned and everything else. So it's a daily fight to get the story out. But, you know, we're in very deep trouble again because the the MSM is totally corrupt and in the tank. They are, and, and, and as you said, really, this started under the Obama administration. Well, somewhat during the Clintons, they did cover up a lot for him, but, they right. have, they're, but they, they've, they've become so blatant. And there's an article up on the Liberty Daily, uh, the EPA scandals during Obama, what they've done with uh, Scott Pruitt uh, trying to create scandals where there really wasn't any. Under Obama and the EPA, the uh, head of the EPA, McCarthy, deleted 
6,000 text messages, and uh, she was censored or, or uh, censured for that. She got caught repeatedly lying to Congress, and there's this whole list of things that the media covered up, but they also covered up the IRS scandals. They also covered up the Benghazis, and now they are actively uh, creating lies and propaganda using deceptive editing, uh, reporting on erroneous topics like how many scoops of ice cream the president has or that the president fed the fish in Japan wrong because they edited a video. I mean, they are, are so angry and they, ha they have become so, the word we've been using is unhinged. There's a great clip on Newsbusters. Michael Eric Dyson explodes on CNN's New Day and he goes on to call Trump a racist and, and comparing a nationalist nationalism to racism on and on. But the media, as the president said, is the number one enemy of the American people. And if Peter, if they, the media, was did their due diligence on this conspiracy of the FBI, at the DOJ, of the Obama administration's uh, uh, spying on President Trump, uh, these people would be in handcuffs, on, in, on trial right now. But that's the difference. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really just, again, emphasizes our point that uh, the number one problem here is the mainstream media they are not holding accountable at all any democrat or left politicians or or even uh reporting their crazy ideas you know i, I was surprised initially when i started covering the occupy ice portland story which has gone nationwide in other cities now that are doing similar things at first i was a little surprised that in the first week of that incident in june there was no mainstream media coverage of it at all. And I thought they would really sink their teeth into that as they did the so-called Occupy movement in the fall of 2011. But Occupy back then fit their needs. The media and the left and the Democrats wanted to push this new meme of the 1% versus the 99%. We had never heard of that until Occupy 2011. And that came just in the nick of time for Barack Hussein Obama's re-election campaign, and it was a, a subtle psyop that, that helped to race right through the 2012 election, and people were constantly saying, oh, Romney's a candidate, Mitt Romney's a candidate of the 1%, and, you know, that, that metric never even existed, but they, so the media rode that, it was to their best interest and the Democrats' interest, but in this case, to put out there what the uh, sleazy, at best, Occupy movements are doing in their anti-ICE stuff. I mean, they would have to, the media would have to report that going along with this is the call for no prisons, wide open borders, opening up the prisons and letting the criminals out, and also going easy on uh, crime. In, in cities like Austin, Texas, the, the mayors of these cities are instructing their police to, in effect, uh, no longer arrest people, surveil or arrest people for what they consider minor crimes, meaning prostitution, drug dealing, open drug use uh, on, on public streets, uh, defecating in public, because they say that disproportionately people of color commit these crimes. So the solution to them is just stop enforcing the law. And, of course, at other levels, we see at the highest levels of our government – Laws have not been enforced. I mean, just ask Hillary Clinton about that one. And at this l new level now of uh, the illegal aliens, well, the laws haven't been enforced there for years because millions, tens of millions of illegal aliens have crashed through our border. They're here. They haven't been held accountable. They haven't been deported. They've dug in now. Many of them have had anchor babies, so they'll never be uh, deported. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really am, I, I couldn't be more concerned that the level of news media insanity right now is going to be a really hard nut to crack and a hard one to fix. I mean, it, CNN, which is probably uh, one of the worst abusers, you know, they, as you, as you noted, Joe, they throw up all these ridiculous stories that are really nothing burgers like the uh, Stormy Daniels. Uh, I mean, how many hundreds of hours did CNN devote to that ridiculous story, which yeah. really most Americans are not interested in, but they can push that story. And Nobody that serves to uh, eliminate their need to report on the real news so that when the investor in uh, the uh, IG report came out several weeks ago, 
some of the networks didn't even report on it at all. And the next day, lo and behold, the uh, separation uh, uh, you know, of mothers from their children, illegal aliens, burst on the scene. So we, we never even heard about the IG report in the MSM. No, we didn't. And you make a great point. You know, the stuff that they actually try to use as news, uh, just filling in so they don't have to report on those other stories. I think that attorney for Stormy Daniels, Avenatti, or Avenetti, went on CNN 174 times at right. last count. And He at- wants to run for president now. I saw a note that he, <laughs> so he's she. floating his candidacy for 2020. <laughs> she is, too. Did you see she went to... Uh, uh, Stormy went to Iowa or something like that or some uh, area to, to poll for some uh, idea of political support for a run for president in 2020. I mean, everybody thinks that. Uh, and that brings up a good point. You know, who's going to run against Trump in 2020? Is the Republican uh, establishment going to put up a challenger against the Trump in the in the primary? And then is uh, more importantly, who, who will the left use? Are they going to pull out somebody like The Rock? They're grooming him. Dwayne Johnson, the, the, the wrestler and Hollywood actor, they're grooming him to become the, uh, the the face of the Democratic Party probably in 2024. And I fear he, they, he will be successful if they do that right. But I don't think they're going to roll that out as quickly as 2020. But, uh, you know, the panic, the Supreme Court, they see that the grasp of power is they're losing their grasp of power. So they might try to roll him out in 2020, seeing that uh, what president trump is able to do and how the supreme court uh, nominations might open up even more especially if he gets that that second term but again that brings us to the point where what are what options does the left have left in order to stop the winning streak of president trump and if it is violence how is that going to help them unless they bring about a total destabilization of the nation, which is just to basically burn it down because they can't have their way? Uh, I don't know. Are they ready to take it that far? Well, this is why the crystal ball is is cloudy over here yes. because it really is so hard to predict. And yeah. God only knows. But, you know, speaking of who might challenge President Trump in 2020, and thank God he has announced at this early point that he is a candidate for reelection. I mean, initially, there are a few per, few people, and I think Roger Stone might have even floated this he idea did. that President Trump might just call it a day after his first term if he yeah, felt he that did. he'd accomplished enough. But I really think and hope he's going to run. But anyway, when we there could very well be a challenge to him in a Republican Party. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, outgoing Senator Jeff Flake, very aptly named in my opinion, might challenge uh, President Trump and, you know, who knows how far he would get, but there's still a lot of never-Trumpers out there. But I still have my eye in the uh, the Democratic Party, which has a potentially very large field of presidential wannabes. I still uh, look uh, with concern at the brand-new senator from California, Kamala Harris. She's very, very far on the left. She's anti-ICE. She's for open borders. She uh, would probably be a vote to convict President Trump, but she's running very hard to the left. And she worries me because she her profile is very similar to Barack Hussein Obama's, a person of mixed race and color. And she's got two bases there. Her uh, mother is from India and her father is from Jamaica. So she calls herself an African-American Indian person. So she's covering a lot of bases there, you know, right she, color, she, uh, right. Uh, she, t- she, you know, touches, she checks off a lot of boxes. Is she qualified? Is she a natural born citizen? Oh, yeah. No, she was born okay. in the United States. And, you know, unquestionably, she's she's a smart woman. She's well educated and, you know, she can talk. Yeah. But I, I don't care media. for her shtick at all. She's obnoxious. And uh, I, I mean, Mr. Obama was a nice guy on the surface compared to this new crop. Another one is Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York. You know, these these female yeah. senators and politicians think this is going to this is going to be the year of the woman 2020. We couldn't quite pull it off in 2016 because of the baggage that Hillary was trying to drag across the finish line, but here we have the, this new crop of younger candidates, and Kirsten Gillibrand is also one of them. She's probably going to make a, a stab at it in the Democrat primaries. And she was elected to uh, fill the remaining 
Senate term of Hillary Clinton when Hillary was appointed Secretary of State. And and Kirsten Gillibrand used to be more conservative, kind of a, a blue dog, uh, middle-of-the-road Democrat. Of course, they're all gone now. That that angle of the party, that aspect of the party is gone. But she's gotten very left-wing now and is, is out there ranting and raving. And then we also have uh, the fake Indian Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, and it always amazes me, but she actually uh, is very popular and a lot of people like her. I know friends of mine or acquaintances of mine in Massachusetts would uh, throw themselves off a cliff for Elizabeth Warren. They think she is the the real deal and kind of the heir to a Bernie Sanders legacy, you know, and I've made the point on the Hagman Report and elsewhere that if uh, it had been a fair primary the, the Democrats held in 2016 and and the DNC didn't have its finger on the scale from day one in favor of Hillary that Bernie Sanders probably would have won because he was at two percent approval or support when the primaries or before the primary started and he came close to beating Hillary even with a rigged Democrat primary system but now I just read the other day that there's a new movement that the, the Democrat Party has gone so far left in the last couple of years, you know, Trump has really provoked a lot of that, certainly, that uh, a lot of Bernie Sanders old supporters are saying, hey, he's not radical enough anymore. Plus, he's too old. We need a younger leader. So he's probably going to try to run again, too. But I, I personally think that the Democrats will probably, uh, odds are, field a female candidate at the top. And, uh, you know, I think that could turn out to be a real race because of the the mainstream media slanting everything. I mean, they threw the race to Barack Hussein Obama in in, in uh, 2008. That was clear. I mean, John McCain and um, Sarah um, Palin were actually a- ahead in the polls shortly before shortly after Sarah Palin was uh, nominated as the vice presidential candidate. And then over the course of the campaign, the the fall campaign, the media really did. They pulled out all the stops and did their best to present Obama as this smiley mainstream candidate. And Obama ran as kind of a, almost a moderate in 2008, incredibly enough. And, uh, and they pushed him over the finish line. And, you know, they they know how to do that. They've had a lot of practice in that going back many, many years. So uh, we shall see. Yeah, and one of the interesting things about the Kamala Harris is since she has been uh, thrown really in the ring for a a serious candidate in the 2020 elections, the media has really, uh, she she has been uh, surrounded by uh, senior political strategists, and the media is really trying to shape her image. If you notice, she is always, uh, you know, no more, you know, do they, they, they don't ever show pictures of her, you know, uh, jogging on Saturday morning or, you know, out shopping with her family. Every interview, uh, you know, she's caked in makeup. She's always, you know, in, in very nice dresses and clothing. Her hair is always perfect. And she's always trying to take that, that more um, as, as moderate of a, of a talking point or, or a line as she can tow uh, being the avowed socialist that she is. But they are, the media is really grooming her. Her, and they're keeping her uh, kind of hidden away, uh, choosing which sound bites and, and you know which images to show to the American people, and that's a very good indicator that they are grooming her. And I wonder, you know, we talk about grooming. How much of the President Obama himself and his administration is involved in strategizing and in, in dealing with the people who they are planning on rolling out over these next uh, few years for the uh, midterms and for the uh, presidential elections? How much? How much of a role? Uh, Obama and his his cronies are are playing in this. They haven't gone away. Oh no, I, the Obama and his uh, thousands of allied shadow government and deep state operatives operatives who are buried deeply in the government, in the bureaucracies, in the media. They're keeping their powder dry at the moment, but I think they're they're doing their work behind the scenes now. Uh, the money is coming, is being collected and is being apportioned for how they're going to move forward this November and then in 2020. But, you know, I, I thought it was interesting you mentioned uh, 
uh, Kamala Harris being groomed. And I absolutely agree. She and some of the other leading candidates on the left are, are being airbrushed in their careers and made to look as best as possible. And the one I've been looking at is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the 28-year-old woman, former bartender, who uh, won her primary race in Queens and Brooklyn, New York last week. And now she's the new golden girl. And yeah. I've, I've watched some of her videos that her campaign puts out and looked at the official photos. And she's not an unattractive woman. She has a very attractive side to her. And yep. they play that up. In fact, the source that I quoted in my article at HagmanReport.com, who commented on, on OC, said she's being groomed and primed. She actually used the word groomed. So, you know, we're on to something there, Joe, by pointing out that these Democrats are being groomed with the help and the millions and millions of dollars of free publicity by the mainstream media. Peter, I want to thank you so much for joining us. We're absolutely at the end of the show. It was a fantastic interview. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Peter. The Hagman Daily Show is brought to you by The Hagman Report. Tune in to The Hagman Report weekdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to HagmanReport.com. That's HagmanReport.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.